wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 348 of the podcast with my wonderful guest, Sarah Enny. Sarah is an author, podcaster, and journalist. Uh, her debut young adult novel, Tell Me Everything, is out now. Uh, she's also been featured in the New York Times bestselling villain anthology, Because You Love to Hate Me. And she also created and hosts the First Draft podcast, where she talks shop with other storytellers. I was pointed out to me recently by a longtime listener that sometimes I just don't, in fact, most of the time, I don't tell you much about the guest in the intro, um, which shame on me. So I'm trying to make a concerted effort to be a little more aware of that, not make assumptions that you did, you know, any sort of homework, uh, which you're certainly not required to do before you start listening and uh, pay the, the our guests the respect they're due by making sure to, to, to get things started with who they are rather than uh, letting that tie up at the end, which is typically what happens on the podcast. So please enjoy this episode. She's marvelous. I feel sure you will. And I hope everyone's doing wonderfully. We're going to see how I do. We're going to see if I, how I much lounging, if how much. To, if you it's, need to creatively lay down, just let me know. If my voice takes like a weird pitch, <laughs> you're not getting, don't give me away. Okay, great. You'll just great, be like, hmm, so she's fully upside down now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there are, the, have you ever hung in like gravity boots? I haven't done it, but my friend's ex-husband's dad, wow, um, uh-huh. had, <laughs> had one of those things in his basement and she was like, every Thanksgiving, she'd be like, I can't wait to go hang upside down in the basement for a while and like he had it for his back injuries yeah. and it would just realign his spine and I was like that sounds really fun I think I th- I don't want to misspeak but I'm pretty sure Mike Furman uh my friend Mike Furman has gravity boots uh or used to mm. and I that sounded kind of cool to me until I had to shoot something where we were doing the like uh the cl- it's like the scarf thing where you can wa- you wrap oh, yourself in a uh, uh, aerial silk aerial silk yeah yeah also i'm gonna take my shoes Bless off is you. that cool i wish you would okay great. i mean that sounds insult- <laughs> like i'm angry with you um but anyway hanging upside down i mean the amount of blood that fills to your head yeah. so quickly i was like this is not right this is not right i wanted to be like how fun because you wonder when you're a kid and you go right. on monkey bars and stuff right. i don't remember being like i feel really weird about this but i think it's it's also you're like it's fun for two minutes yeah and then you're like oh no humans are definitely not yeah. meant to <laughs> uh, and then maybe vampires are even creepier to you absolutely <laughs> i don't know how they do it i guess yeah. i don't really know what's running through their veins anyway if there's it's anything true. to rush so, you know, to I the wish head write a book i want to know what's, all the physics get- you know who should write that is mary roach who wrote wrote like the like the science of space and yeah. like the science of poop and the science of like fake ghosts and hauntings and stuff dude that would she be could ex- she could definitely do this sort of like I let's assume like... vampires are real let me yeah. break this down yeah i like i'm so happy you're reminding me of her too i'm like oh yeah i've been meaning to read those books oh she's great she did an episode of the podcast and i really was like a little bit fangirly because yeah. she's so cool and she had me come to her house in the in oakland and Ooh. so you, oh just gosh. the whole the whole Ooh, I didn't know she like, lived in Oakland ah, yeah That's where my I added lives, her so. hopefully everyone already knew that what if she's like I everyone thinks I live in Virginia what are you doing <laughs> yeah, this is got... important don't <laughs> you know authors are like uh yeah no I live in a cabin in the woods yeah at an undisclosed location well listen didn't did you ever read Stephen King books speaking of vampires uh oh yeah for sure do you remember the book I can't remember what book it was but didn't he like someone like showed up to his house 
Oh, well, well, that happened in a This American Life episode, too, with a different, like, Piers Anthony or some other guy. Whoa. But I feel like Stephen King, because he does so much autobiographical, like, at the end of his books, like, Tabitha and I were da-da-da. Yeah. I'm pretty sure someone showed up to his house, too, and was like, help me, Stephen King. I'm a lost child. But also, have you... have you? Okay, this is so interesting we're talking about his house, because just recently he decided to donate his house in Maine to be a like an author retreat space. That's so cool. Yeah, and it's going to be his like living library. It's such a cool concept. But also then you see pictures of it. And I've actually seen it before because my friend lives down the street from him, which Amazing. is really funny. <laughs> I love where this conversation has already taken us yeah. to so many like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, my, or my friend used to know she's, but anyway, when you live in Maine, you're just basically, you know, everyone. Mm -hmm. But she, his house looks like Stephen King's house. Yeah. Like if you went across the whole Eastern seaboard and saw every single house, you'd be like, well, that one is it. So really? Is it really like a Victorian or is yeah, it like super old Victorian? Yeah. It's got like bats and wrought iron bats on the, oh, I mean, it just no. looks like, it's like when you see the Osborne house and you're like, oh yeah, that's the Osborne house. Right. Right. <laughs> like you're right. not trying to fade in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what Rob and Sherry zombie used to have a house in, in Hancock park. That was like that. Like I pulled up and I definitely, and I didn't know them at all at the time. Mm -hmm. Nor was I a fan of the music. It just wasn't part of my world. And yeah. I definitely was like, I wonder if it's, I wonder how much of it becomes like, mm. I don't want to say marketing because that sounds like it's fake, but, right. but that this is a fulfillment of the expectation. Right for a lifestyle yeah how much pressure does he feel to be like you can't pull up to rob zombie's house and it's like a mid-century rambler yeah <laughs> cut to then they ended up getting a lake house in uh new hampshire and it's just like a beautiful country house well there you go and i i, I hope they don't mind me saying this it was many years ago but they were like this is so much more us it's <laughs> so like well there you go you know what i haven't thought about him in a minute and that makes me happy i'm yeah. happy that rob zombie is chilling somewhere oh he's he's so great i wish <laughs> i still saw them all the time yeah he's really great um Okay, so I don't remember where we got to the hanging upside down. Don't remember Stephen at all. King can't talk about Mary Mary yep, Roach that you lives. might need to lay down while we chat. I might need to lay down. Boy, we really rewinded all the way back. <laughs> there was like a sliver in between that I was trying to think of. Of, But yeah, I guess it is the sort of like that transition from when you were a kid and you do things that don't make your stomach flip yeah. that, you know, all of those things that my body at some you point without fly. telling me was happening. Oh my we're God. like, guess what? You don't like swings anymore. Uh, yeah. What's it recently? Or I mean, anyway, getting older is this whole thing where you're like, oh, like the, the first day that you voluntarily order a salad and you're like, oh, I'm betraying like my whole life up until this point when you're like, I actually like, I need fiber, you know, yeah. like I, I want to feel good. It's not about being like, I'm going to eat chocolate cake for breakfast. You're yeah. like, I, don't, I don't even want to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's been a lot of that lately and most particularly jet lag and stuff for me has started to become, I used to be Girl. a really great traveler yeah. and now I'm like, oof, it's rough. Yeah. Do you have a, have you figured out, has it happened recently enough, but also have you had enough time to kind of try to figure out a new approach? I'm working on a new approach. It's like in the middle of happening, my uh, good friend was having to go back and forth to China for about a year. And so she was just telling me like sunshine, just sunshine. Yeah. When you get to where you're at, like go outside, walk, you know, yeah. just be outside as much as you possibly can and that'll help and I was able to do that coming back to LA this time and I was like oh and then I adjusted pretty fast but and where were we coming from for I was in Morocco oh wow yeah. great how was it family vacation it was oh, nice. super fun had yeah. you been there before no first time I've never been it was great it was yes whenever you go let me know I what have. was the when you when you were you you were in like the, a main hub I would imagine yeah we like were we started in Casablanca, we went to Fez, and then we went to Marrakesh, and we we drove. We had, like, this is like a mom's bucket list trip type of thing, yeah. so it was, like, a little bougie, so I'm telling you we had a drive. <laughs> like, we had a driver and a guide, but, like, that isn't typically how I move right. through the world, but, but we were able to be driven throughout the countryside, and so we saw, and by the way, it's so, like, L.A., 
in and California generally, like driving in the countryside, I was yeah. like, oh, this is like the 101 or whatever. Oh, wow. It was wow. So wow. Nice. Uh, was that the first time you had been to cities where there would be like a call to prayer? Yes. I've never been to a city where that happens. I hear it's just eerie and beautiful. It and was so ni- Okay. At first, I thought it was a race car. <laughs> <laughs> My family gave me so much crap because I was like, what is that noise? Is there like a like a race car? Is there like a, a track around here? And they were like, you moron. Like... <laughs> Hello. It's the next closest thing. Yeah, no, opposite, opposite. Not, I don't know what was going on with my ears that day, but, um, but no, it was so, it was absolutely gorgeous. And it was a really like, my mom ended up, I think responding to it the most. Cause she was like, I really just like having a moment. It makes you stop what you're doing and not only recognize it. that time has passed, but yeah. it's a moment of reflection. Right. So yeah, maybe I should get something in her house that just like dings right. at a certain time or something it's a like race that. car sound the honk of a horn she how would, calming that would be actually the best christmas present to be like i follow you guys i refuse to i do this thing with my family i don't know if i don't know if you do this but i i won't back down i'll be proven wrong and i'm like oh well that's great you guys can believe that that's fine but i'm i'm like and mostly it's to make myself laugh but i'm also like I th- I'm sure they find it so obnoxious. So give me another example besides the, like, I was right, it was a race car. Um, I think we have we have um, disagreements about, like, quotes in movies, so we'll watch oh, them, and sure. I'll be like, oh, that's so funny that you altered this to be, like, this other quote. <laughs> that's so, like, that is so something my dad and I do. A thousand percent. Yeah. 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 It is like, a very hmm, dad I guess thing. this must be the uh, director's cut. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I understand they shot some scenes differently. Uh, yeah, oh, that was reshoots for sure. Yeah. <laughs> amazing <laughs> but they're good they like it too they yes. make them laugh yeah. as well I mean, they they I, I i'm always trying to find i guess it is very dad-like it's like i'm always trying to give them ways to like give me shit yeah how many people are in your family your parents are still together my, my so my dad actually passed away oh, about sorry. 10 years ago yeah it was really sudden i was 23 but my parents were together then um yeah still very much in love uh, and it's just me and my younger brother okay but the trip was also with his fiance and they're gonna get married in april oh, so it was nice. kind of like a, okay let's all go see if we can stand each other for 13 uh-huh. days <laughs> no fresh no fresh. Yeah. no fresh fiance no yeah, fresh exactly. we all came back yeah <laughs> so it was super fun oh my gosh well yeah is that something that you remember so so if it, you were doing it were you doing it around even 10 years ago like that was something that you're that your dad would oh my god like is it just one of those long-term like because that would definitely be true for me like my dad and me just like inside jokes like puns pranks all of that from childhood all okay two things that are i want to follow up on first of all we have to talk about pranks in a minute because it's like a huge thing for me as in i hate them uh-huh. oh i hate them too <laughs> yeah but no, and I'm, I'm not even talking pranks where it's like a bucket of waterfalls on your yeah, head. Yeah, I'm yeah. just talking about like, why did you have to make me look and feel stupid just to the two of us? Yes. But like, still, Dad, yeah, still, come on. yeah. Um, no, we have very like my dad was like so extremely goofy, and it might have been a surprise to anyone that knew him in his like professional life. Mm. But at home with a family, he would like he was so funny and would like. It sounds insane to talk about some of the like weird like stuff you do at home, you know. But he would like paint a face on his big toe and lay on the couch and like talk with his toe. Oh, that's amazing! It's just like so goofy, yeah. so like. Please, also, that's like he'd be a millionaire on TikTok at this point. It's true. Oh <laughs> my god! If my dad, if TikTok had been around, then he, I would have made him a meme like yeah. a hundred times over. Yeah, he he was the best. And we actually on this trip, it was very interesting to have my brother's fiance with us because it makes you realize all these shorthand things Absolutely. that you say 
one of them is I don't know if you remember this commercial. This is the weirdest stuff to talk I'm about. I'm so this excited. Is. <laughs> this is this is my jam all day long. There was a commercial, and this was in maybe 2000 and maybe 2000 mm. and 2001. There was a commercial with two flies or mosquitoes mm-hmm. and they were like it was for the travel channel or something like that it was like buzz buzz i love to travel <laughs> that and like i don't remember what it was for i don't remember anything else that happens yeah. in that commercial i think one of them gets swatted by a giant dumb looking hand uh-huh. but buzz buzz <laughs> i love to travel it's like and, then and that made we, and that embedded itself in we, your kind of lexicon as a family we all say it to each other and then yeah. I, I knocked on on my brother and his fiance's motel hotel door once and was like who is it knowing, expecting my brother to be like Landshark? Because that's what Oh, we, sure, yeah. sure. And uh, and then Mina was like, oh, it's me or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's not the right answer. <laughs> like, You're like, time. here's the handbook. <laughs> it's time here's the to handbook teach to join you all the family. these dumb things. Which, by the way, I mean, that's the sort of, like, in the movie version of this, you know, there is that moment of like, oh, I'm an outsider as the fiance of not knowing totally. stuff. But then the transition of becoming part of those jokes. Yes that they exist at all allows for like, oh my gosh, I'm inside this wonderful world now. Yeah. So it's sort of like, it's worth feeling a little out of touch at the beginning because then when you're in on it, you feel like you really it's like belong. It's so special. Yeah. yeah. And it was fun to, to travel like that with her to come up with new things and like all that stuff. So it was like, yeah, I think those those secret languages and language of friendship, it's really interesting to me. Oh, absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. That reminds me that my friend, and we got to go get back back to pranks, which actually I've got a good segue for the same friend. Okay, I think amazing. I've told the story before. I'll make it very brief because honestly, it's like, don't drag it out, Janet. It's not that interesting. <laughs> but my friend Tina, when she got married, um, she wanted me to say something at the dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I got up there and I had not prepared anything because somehow in my mind... I mean, it's the biggest cliche in the world where I'm like, I can speak in front of people. Like, right. I'll just speak from the heart. It's fine. Right. And then I stood up and f- it was like, I had never spoken in front of people before. I was so tongue tied. <laughs> and then all that came out was just a bunch of weird inside references and jokes uh-huh. that had no connection to each other. I was just like, remember this? What about this? And then remember this? And everyone was just like, had like a like a <laughs> indulging smile right, right. had no idea what I was doing and she was crying with laughter so it was worth it that's amazing but it was definitely like I sat back down and like all my friends from school from high school looked at me and I and even they didn't know what these inside jokes were and I was like you had to be there anyway that was <laughs> yeah. how long was I doing that I blacked out what's going on uh, oh, but amazing. but she was um just such she's actually done the podcast as well and she's somebody who is like you know one of those just beautiful rays of light who then um spent her the entirety of her 20s battling mental illness with just sort of like getting the wrong diagnoses so the wrong medication all this kind of stuff and so she'd been to some some pretty dark places but when we were in high school uh somehow I convinced her that Jim Varney, aka Ernest who's like no to me like all those movies um was my uncle uh which was like a thing I didn't really care about, but people asked me all the time. So eventually I started saying that he was. Yeah. And she had known previous that he wasn't. But then she was with me at some point when I said some t- someone was like, is Jim Varney your uncle? And I was like, yeah, he is. And she goes, no, he's not. And I was like, actually, this is super weird, but like he is. Oh my God. Like we've been keeping it on the DL because it's just weird. And when I get asked, I'm going to have to tell a bunch of stories. But I was like, Tina, he actually is. Oh my and she God. was like, no, I'm not buying it. And then for the course of the school year, I would just drop little every once in a while. I'd be like, and then my dad and my uncle Jim went da da da. And she'd be like, wait, no. 
Janet. Oh my God. And then finally she called me on my bluff and she was like, let me see pictures. And I just was like, I'm going to carry this through. I don't know. We'll find out when she doesn't believe me anymore. And I went through and found some old photo albums of my dad and just found like a grainy enough just picture like that friend. I was like, there they are. And she was like, oh, he is your uncle. And Aww. the second she believed it, I felt like garbage. <laughs> like I couldn't tell her I was lying fast enough. I was like, no, no, it's not real. It's oh. not real. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is amazing. That's how I feel about pranks. As soon as they're over, as soon as I've perpetrated one, I feel like the worst person in I the world. Say, I would have done the exact same thing. I would have enjoyed the like blah, blah, blah. And they're like the whole just giving each other shit and be like, no, Janet's lying is like funny to yeah. me. Yeah. And then as soon as it's, as soon as you just someone that you love and admire and respect that you've made them look like a fool i can't abide it yeah so i hate pranks i hate magic oh uh, okay can't like any of that stuff that's predicated on me looking like a fool <laughs> and enjoying it it's <laughs> such a shock to me when people are like oh yeah it's just like wow how did you do it and i was like yeah motherfucker how'd you do that like <laughs> you slow it so down you're one of me. those people who yeah, yeah, gets yeah. more kind of gets angry very angry. i feel like i go in but I go kind of back and forth. Yeah. But I agree that in general, well, not to keep throwing out this American Life references, but there was a great episode on magic because I guess Ira Glass was a, chi- a, a child magic? magician. Yeah. Like to the point where Can he was you, like a 13 year old. surprising thing I know, right? I've ever learned about. Seriously. <laughs> and he was, and he was like a 13 year old and would go and hire himself out to like younger children's wow. birthday parties. Wow. And he's like, you know, I'm just finally realizing only now that like they weren't hiring me because I was good. They were hiring me because it was cute and funny and oh silly God. that I was a magician. Which made me very happy because I was like, that table's turn. Yes. Like you seriously. liked being in control of a situation that other people didn't understand. And you were the one that other people were like, well, you know, he really cares about his magic. So let's go ahead. I was like, yeah, <laughs> oh, little, little that's layers, baby. Over. Oh my God. I love yeah. that. That's hysterical. So you never had an interest in being on the other side and being like, oh, let me learn these magic tricks. No, that- I don't enjoy people being fooled and I don't enjoy fooling people yeah. I never liked uh what was that Ashton show or whatever oh, like yeah. none of those all things. the punks and stuff I know they're mm-hmm. so hard to watch Ooh, I friend? did a pilot for one once you did because I just you say yes to everything tell me about it it was a I think it was BBC based um but it was the same thing like I did some sort of I had to do some sort of thing and okay I was I like wonder... what am I doing like please don't let this get picked up because yeah. I'm gonna be this is the opposite of who I am in oh. every way I had a, I, a friend of mine also did a pilot for one and I wonder if maybe it's the same one I'm it not could be say I it on mic, and I, so many. I don't want to like speak out of turn it's not my story but but basically it involved like an, a cheap apartment hmm. in a really expensive city mm-hmm. and being like jk it was never really for sale and he said people would just sob oh because, that definitely wasn't what i did but okay. that but like there's nothing funny about that yeah. right they were just like what so i actually can't live in this you know what i mean like yeah. so i do have to move home or whatever it was yeah. like nothing about it was like entertaining i'm sorry i, I don't know if you, these are very wonderful directional mics but clearly jasper's in the other room trying to engage whitley i love it. that's he's just desperately barking at her hoping that she will at some oh. point become interested enough care and i thought brandon would be home by now but he's not yet so i no. if i either stop and go out there and just tell him to shut up or we just like let him wear himself out because that's probably what'll happen jasper's not bugging me so he's definitely he's so hopeful i can hear the hope in his bark <laughs> is like how, and he has to really figure out how hard do I push it? How aggressive do I get right. before now she's mad? So right. she really won't play with me. Right. So you really have to walk a very fine line. Oh my gosh. Very fine line. My other friend just got a new little puppy and like watching the very spoiled older puppy, like deal with it uh-huh. is fascinating. It's really, I mean, 
Had she the only reason we ended up keeping him is because she loves playing with him, mm-hmm. and I can almost hear her making. She started. She doesn't make any noises, but now she started making sounds. I think she's trying to mimic him because she's not a barker at all. Interesting. So every once in a while, you'll hear a really high yip on top of his like, "Play with me, play with me, play with me," and then she'll be like, "No, no, it's ridiculous." That's so. Funny. Nope, still into it, Jasper. Uh. Uh-uh. I, that, I guarantee you that does not work at all. Um, so where do you think that came from? Like, do you just, have you ever, was there, were you bullied? Was there ever a, a time when it was like profoundly real enough that it became like, I don't like this or just from the get go, you, well, you remember it. I moved around a bunch as a kid. Mm-hmm. Did you move around a bunch or were no, you? No, I was set in stone in, in Tucson. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. from Tucson. Um, my, I lived in Tucson for 18 months. Oh, where wow. My, where my brother was born. Oh, wow. And like the weirdest stories. I mean, Tucson's kind of a wild place, especially back in the day. It was yeah. like just desert. Um, yeah. But I moved around a bunch and... Just a body. <laughs> there's just a butt. A there's just a butt, butt pressed up against I the door. I it. Um... Oh, good. Okay. Yay. The, How um, old were you when uh, when he was born? I was four and a half. Okay, so you born. really do have some memories of, of Tucson as I a kid. Do. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, I like very vivid. And it was like the first time moving right like that, so it's like all kind of like very intense. But I moved around a bunch. Um, I've never lived anywhere longer than six years. And when you move in first grade and then in sixth grade, um, actually seventh, it's like nothing God, is funny. It's just long enough to to it's, attach. It's not like it's oh, you're, yeah. if you're not an army brat who's moving every year. Yeah. No, I had it's best just, friends. It's just just hard enough. It was like so hard. And then moving in seventh grade with like glasses, braces, and big boobs, I was like a oh, disaster. No. So I just don't think that a lot was that funny to me, especially goofy. Like I'm going to show you, I love you by humiliating you. Fair. Couldn't have Fair. been less interested in that. Yeah. And then I remember this is an interesting thing I think about a lot. Cause in 10th grade, this guy, I had a kind of a crush on this dude. I was in uh, fourth period with him, uh, math class, uh-huh. and at some and I apparently he had a crush on me too because at some point I went to go sit down, and he oh, pulled God. the chair out from under me. So you just Ugh. fall flat on your butt, and I was like, uh, looking back, especially and even in the moment, I was like, that is, um, you know, we are way too old. I was yeah, like, this is a little yeah. guy like pulling a girl's hair or whatever that bullshit is. Right, but tenth the tenth grade, grade version of it, mm, and I and mm. literally never made eye contact with him for the rest no. of like both of our lives. So yeah, it's like absolutely not. Nothing about that is funny. There's did he no, apologize? Yeah, he did because immediately I was like about to cry. Yeah, it was like not funny. The yeah. rest of the room was like, "What the fuck?" You yeah. know, it was so bad. So I, I think back to that, and also just like to me that way of communicating sucks like I don't like it at all (laughs) wait you do you honestly feel that you've never actually forgiven this guy oh I if I saw him now I'd be like hey remember when you did that thing I hate you (laughs) that's that's how I feel about Chip Caldwell Chip I've given you a shout out before it's been a minute you did put ants down my pants in first grade (gasps) they did bite my butt Mm. and I have I kind of still carry that with me even though he's like an like a like an archaeologist now He's an archaeologist. That's very sweet. Also, he's you know, staying true to the ground that he loved so much when he was picking up those ants. There's a theme. You, like, if you didn't want to be hated, you shouldn't be named Chip. Well, I mean, yeah. that's all I got to say. <laughs> I got it. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. 
We are so thrilled at your interest in attending Hieronymus Wiggenstaff's School for Heroism and Villainy. Wiggenstaff's beautiful campus boasts state-of-the-art facilities and instructors with real-world experience. We are also proud to say that our alumni have gone on to be professional heroes and villains in the most renowned kingdoms in the world. But of course, you are not applying to the main school, are you? You're applying for our sidekick and henchperson annex. You will still benefit from the school's amazing campus and you'll have a lifetime of steady employment. Of course, there's no guarantee how long that lifetime will be. Join the McRoys as they return to Dungeons and Dragons with the Adventure Zone Graduation every other Thursday on Maximum Fun or wherever podcasts are found. Are you in touch with other people that you went to that school with? Did you move again after 10th grade? Did you stop or were you elsewhere? Or was that kind of when you finished? From 7th to, to 12th grade, it was all in San Jose. Gotcha. And then I went to college. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I, after, and I went to college in Seattle. And after that, I went moved to D.C. for early professional life. And then... Uh, LA. Well, certainly you knew how to move. Yeah. It you really... know, you could see that going either way. Either you would be like, oh, I'm staying in San Jose, goddammit. Yeah. Or yeah. you would go, well, I know, you know, I know what it feels like to start someplace new and this is yeah. an opportunity to do it on my own terms. Yes. Yeah. It was really like, and actually the move to LA was, I moved from Seattle to, I went, all of my family's in Seattle. So moving there for college felt like, it was like, okay, we're away from home, but we're also like in mm. grandma's backyard, basically. Yeah. Then I moved with my then boyfriend to DC and we got married. And then when we got divorced, I was for the very first time in my whole life, like, oh, I can choose where to live. Yeah. It was so amazing. And for, for having moved as much as I have in my life, the fact that I'd never had any agency over that decision, because even college, you have to like go where they, where you get in. Fair. Yeah. Um, where did you go to the U, UW? Or UW you, yeah. 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 Um, and so moving to LA was like, I kind of, I did this road trip to test out cities that I thought were interesting, but I think LA was always like, what were the other cities? Um, Austin. Great. I was very, very serious about the potential of moving to Austin, but it's really hot. Girl, I was about to say that. Yeah. Too I was hot. like, I couldn't, I can't. Even LA is too hot for me. So Austin is definitely too hot. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, I, Austin. Uh, I liked Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, a yeah. lot. I've never been. I gotta go. It's super fun. Humid. Uh, humid. I know. Go, go in the right time of year. But, like, but frankly, everything, I mean, from DC, I love New York. I love visiting it, but it's just not the place for me. And Seattle, I was like, no, I had seasonal depression in college. Like, that's not getting better. Mm. Um, so, really, um, LA was kind of the only city that I was serious about. Yeah. In, and obviously, I, I came here and stayed in Silver Lake for 10 days on that trip and was just like, we're in. Yeah. Like, it's, this is, this is it. So. No San Francisco. No. Just because sometimes that is one that people pass through or think to themselves, like, maybe yeah. this would be a. I, since I went to high school San Jose. in San Jose, I was yeah, kind you of knew explored it, well. it. And I'm not a big fan of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Tech stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, bugs the hell out no, of me. I know, and it's, it's true. happening to Seattle now. Yeah. It's, it's, really... it's, it's definitely a different, like, the, the, yeah. the relationship I have to San Francisco that is one of love is so about, like, things that remain unchanged yeah. through the, the first dot com boom and collapse mm-hmm. and then where things are now. It's like, well, you know, the, the cypress trees on the cliffs, like it's not, you know, but yeah. you know, when the Presidio was just empty, I mean, that's yeah. like, it, it needed to be used for something. But right. when you're 20 and you can just wander through a place that feels like it's just full of ghosts in yeah. a great way. And like, 
knowing that my grandfather had lived there. You know what I mean? It was just one of those, like, this is my special place because no one's ever here. And now it's like a bustling metropolis in and of itself, the Presidio. But it's sad. It's very, and that's another thing that's interesting about getting older is like starting to have a lot more sympathy for for nostalgia and like a, you know, sometimes nostalgia is very toxic and we have to be worried about it. But this like memory of how places were, I don't know. It's very interesting to kind of start to be like, oh no, I remember places. Like my life experience is now adding up. I have mm. years to be like, listen to me, kids. I'm telling right, you. <laughs> right, right. No, that's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. And there are those, they, yeah, there are sort of things where I talk all the time about like, somehow now I feel I've moved into this different way of relating to this one thing yeah. that, you know, I can't, I couldn't tell you when that happened, but yeah. all of a sudden it's there. Yeah. Um, this is a complete and utter non sequitur, but thoughts on the Winchester mystery house. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I love that. Um, first of all, I love ghosts and mm-hmm, all supernatural mm-hmm. type of things. So yes, mm-hmm. there was a really wonderful episode of 99% invisible mm. about this house. And there was a criminal episode too. Episode oh, of criminal. Yeah. Okay. I'll I've toured it, that. but I've toured it too. Well, what's weird is I barely remember. It's so small and so tight, and you're in a big group. Yeah. It's and you, like- I can't, I can, you sort of get a sense of what it looks like on the outside, but it's in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird, like, there's an empty space kind of <laughs> where I feel like the fun part should be. I'm like, <laughs> hmm. Like, yeah. I remember something about like a fireplace and that's where she did seances and that's really all I remember I do think it's like the fact that it's a it's like huge tour groups and that it's really um I don't think that they like I would love to go and have like if your company rented it out for a night or something right that would be the way to be like let's really go like open drawers and like knock on things yes get freaked out yeah um or like see you know turn off all the lights or something yeah. but it's but just walking i mean i saw it in the middle of the day mm-hmm, and just some, like 20 year old intern was like here's where the stairs go nowhere like thanks yeah. Grant. <laughs> you know it's just not that yeah. engaging yeah um and yeah that's what i think don't, people don't understand it's like right by the mall it's yeah. not very i know you really want to be like and then you go out to a curvy lane and yeah. then you can't all of a sudden there's a house yeah. in, the, in a grove of trees yeah not at all and and you know this more than anyone i'm like well, I've seen creepier houses in San Francisco that are just 100%. like people still living there. A hundred percent. I mean, they don't have bats carved right into their... Uh, oh, Stephen King. I know. He's I, really I almost thought that it was going to be... I almost would have thought it was the opposite because he presents... It sort of seems like he's always wanted people to understand him as like just a guy. Mm. That I could have imagined it being like a log cabin that you're like, I would expect that to be bigger. You're Stephen King or I guess it is kind of not maybe as big as people expect or is it big? It's pretty big. Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. also big in the way that like, you know, when you live in LA and San Francisco, (laughs) everything is like, oh my God, you have room for that? Right, Um, right, right. True. But remember, did you read On Writing, his book? No. It's, honestly, I didn't like it that much. Okay, great. (laughs) Everyone always recommends it. Read it it if you want to. Um, But he talks in there about, like, when he first got hella money and became, like, coke-addled Cujo writing Stephen (laughs) King, like, the decade he doesn't remember. Right. Um, He had this massive desk. I mean, he talks about it almost like it's, like, the the Oval Office level desk. Yeah, yeah. This crazy gilded whatever. So I think he's kind of, like, secretly, like, house freaky. Mm, (laughs) Interesting. He's got a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. Well, he was so excited to be in the movies, too. If he has that imagination, then maybe you do want to sort of create... I mean, like, world building is... Mm -hmm. I get that. 
Like, I want to go to a place like that. I don't want to live in a place like that. Right. But you're damn certain I'm going to be like, I'm sorry, you have a library where? Yeah. Like, please yes. tell me that there's a spir- an iron spiral staircase that's horribly unsafe oh. and like a hidden passageway. A friend of mine who's a writer who lives in Asheville is saving up money to renovate her house to put a secret um, bookcase. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. I was like, I hate to say money to well spent. But that is a thousand percent how I feel. Yes. If this house had any element of that whatsoever, I would be into it. It is so not that kind of house, but it <laughs> is a dream for sure. Yes. To like, I and will. I think I even read about that. There was, I was reading, this was many, many years ago, but uh, I was somewhere that was not LA um, and I was reading the local paper and it, mm. there was a whole thing about this family that had built this house that had just like puzzles built in oh and like, just like a giant game. Yeah. Basically. And I was Whoa. so bitterly jealous. It sounds so yeah, great. Like, screw you guys in your amazing house. Yeah. That's, I'm sure it was an East Coast thing because I'm sure it was like an old, yeah. It feels very, very that. I like that mm. though. What I think you could do to this house to great effect is a widow's walk. Oh, good idea. I am desperate to have one. In. Yeah. And whenever I own a house, I'm like, that's all I want. Yeah. Some way to get up onto the roof and stand there like a, yeah. like a widow over like... Just yeah. give you an emo Wearing vibe. something gauzy so people yes. aren't sure if you're really there or a not. A veil in the wind, you know, yeah. something. <laughs> did you have uh, experiences when you were younger that felt like something's going on here that I can't explain? Or did you always, like me, desperately hope that would happen to you and everyone else said something had to them and you're like, what's going on? I'm right here, like waving. That one. Yeah. That, I, I, I'm like, I'm with you. I'm like, no, I don't really get like hair standing up on the back of my neck. Yeah. I don't really like, and I, the other thing, uh, uh, this isn't unusual. It's like having such a zeitgeisty moment, but I'm really into cults too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I think I'm like, I think I'm that fascinated by it because it's just like, it would never happen for me. I And like, that sounds like a brag or something I'm, I'm not hating on people who do join cults but yeah. I am such it just would it, never... after a certain point in your life there's a you either are susceptible to that kind of thing or you yeah, aren't yeah like I'm not a seeker like that right um, I'm not built of the of the sort of beautiful hopeful stuff mm-hmm, <laughs> that these people mm-hmm. aren't too cynical yeah um, but I am so that makes me passionate about reading about them yeah like looking at videos of Jim Jones and just being like what is it you I know? know like if we could figure I it out I never feel like I see it, it. like Especially when, I mean, we, I think other people have kind of talked about this in public too, but like the Rajneeshis or whatever that you're like, I understand that you're not showing us much footage of him at all, but whatever you're seeing, you're like, I, I'm not, I, there's nothing. Yeah. Like him sitting in his Rolls Royces or whatever. And I was like, what's compelling about that? Like, it's very strange. Even this time they did show stuff of him kind of preaching, uh, if you will, orating. And again, it was like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not seeing seeing And I just listened to this amazing, uh, 30 for 30, I think it was, mm. um, podcast series about Bikram mm. and oh, Bikram Yoga. Oh, I listened to that too. So good. <gasps> I really want to smack him. Yes. And that was the thing. I was like, you know, again, like this is completely, like I'm not, um, no shade to the people that got really into Bikram. Yeah. But then they played that audio from his class and I was like, that sounds deeply unpleasant. You know, know. he was like yelling at people and there's this, you know, there's something for everyone. But I was like, I don't think I would have stuck around. No, I know I wouldn't have because yeah. I'd have never responded positively to, right. I'm not the person that someone yells at and I'm like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to be bigger and better. Yeah. I'm like, you've crushed my soul. <laughs> I think you're a poison person, but also, that, but I, unfortunately it doesn't bounce off me just because I don't think you're a good person. It's right. still in there. And, and like, it'd be one thing if he was like your football coach. I was like, right. I'm here for yoga. I know. <laughs> Excuse me. This I is know. Yoga. Talk about like inverting what you sort of think of as 
It's very strange. Yeah. Have you taken, this is going to be like, I, I absolutely cannot stop talking about this. So anyone who listens to me on the podcast, I apologize um, for my podcast has heard me talk about this a bunch. The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. Oh, uh, talk, talk. I'm yes. sorry, but listen, my listeners, I don't know if I've talked about it much. So, because I think I've had one other person who's talked about this a little bit. Okay. Let's it's, get into it. I don't know if you're into this kind of thing or not, mm. but if you are at all, like, um, I'm into astrology, I'm into all these sort of like, what's the word for it? Archetypal. I'll dip into any of it. Just interested, I'll dip right, right? in. Tools. That's, yeah. all, that's my, that's what I always say on the podcast. It's like, it if right it's a therapy. tool that gets you to some cl- closer part of yourself that you yes. can work on or understand or forgive or anything like that, great. No harm. You know? Yeah. Uh, her thing is, it has the four tendencies. There's four types. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all about how you react to expectations. Mm-hmm. So the, just as a super brief overview, the four are one is called upholder. Uh-huh. And it's people who meet outer expectations and inner expectations. Okay. I, I don't think I've heard this. Yeah. I feel is, like it's, I've heard the relatives, which is like, what are the ways in which people give and receive love? Oh, yeah. Like, you love know, material, love languages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Which are so interesting too. Yeah. Um, so upholder is external and internal expectations. Um, obliger is people who will meet external expectations, but not internal expectations. Interesting. Then there's questioner who will meet internal expectations, but not external expectations. Uh And then there's the rebel that meets neither internal nor external expectations. And it's all just about how you're motivated and how people talk to you. And, um, uh, most people are obligers. So most people will, will, will sacrifice so a need that they have, like working out to do a chore for their friend or whatever. Right. Um, but I took that quiz and I got rebel <gasps> and it's super, it like really, I was like, it just unlocked. I was like, Oh, this just makes sense that she yeah. was writing all about it. And I was like, Oh, this is so, uh, making me feel, um, it was like the first time it's been presented to me in a way that wasn't shameful. Like you got permit, you were giving yourself permission to yeah. sort of accept those things. Yeah, exactly. So what about the qualities of the rebel I mean, I, I mean, obviously I should take the quiz, but I definitely do it later. And now I wonder if I'm going to take, what if I take the quiz, like leaning towards what I want the answer to be? I, maybe I shouldn't. Well, that's how my mom did. LOL. Yeah. She took it with me and was like, I'm a rebel too. And I was like, oh, you're not that. (laughs) And then she took it when I wasn't around and she was like, I'm an obliger. And I was like, the most obliger thing is getting rebel when you're sitting next to me. Like, that's that's so crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> it makes me sound mean, but oh, um, that's adorable. The rebel thing, and this is why I'm curious because it's similar to what we're talking about. Like, to me, when someone wants to, when, when someone's like, "I have answers for you, Janet. I can solve it for you." Mm-hmm. My reaction would be like, "Fuck you! You yeah. don't know anything about my yeah. issues or yeah. whatever." It's just the internal reaction is f doubt or cynicism, and like or... you don't know me. I know better than you, and whatever, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, like. Yeah, I don't know. Friends of mine that get all their news from Reddit. I'm like, well, who are these people? Why are there strangers on there? I don't care right. about them. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like immediately questioning, immediately like, no, prove yourself to me. Like that's a lot of my internal stuff. Yeah. So, but uh, but one could argue that you could um, look at these, like look at this form of analysis mm-hmm. and be like, this is bullshit. This True. whole rebel, rebel thing. Like, what the fuck? Who is this I woman? Know. It's. It's, but it, but on, but yeah. at some point something speaks to someone, I guess. Yeah. And I lean towards questioner, which is just like, yeah, I'll do it if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like if I understand why, mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. like, that's, and like, so I go to, I trust, trusted news sources, I blah, blah, blah. But like on book deadlines, 
oh my God, I just, I blow past them. And also I don't care. Yeah. That, it doesn't make yeah. me feel that bad. Oh, uh, I'm and, not, I, you know what, let's be honest. There's no way I'm getting rebel rebel, <laughs> but also, and this kind of actually connects to the episode that came out today on my podcast was with Kari Walgren. And the first part of the podcast, we ended up talking about how confusing it can be as a woman, mm. uh, in this climate, um, which is not to say it's not true for different waves of feminism, mm-hmm. but to be in the space where you could allow yourself to go crazy questioning how much of me wanting to please other people mm-hmm. is indoctrinated and how much of it is part of my personality. Yes. And that I think is very, and I think it sounds to me based on just a little we've talked about it, that you could have a different answer for which person you are, depending on where you are in your life. Like yeah. I might've been a full on obliger 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but now I would feel probably more like a questioner, you yeah. know? Again, I don't know, you know, the the ins and outs, but just on the surface, you know, I do feel like I've given myself permission more to be like, fuck no. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Or why? Wait, why? Boundaries. You know? Not like just picking up what someone else is saying because that's what we're conditioned to do. Yeah. I think that's such an interesting conversation. And how do men test versus women? Like, I'm very interested in just in our culture for, you know. And this is not like a, I'm not negging on guys. Like we're all a product of this environment. Yes. Yeah. We're so what makes you it. wonder what, you know, what gets taken for granted? That I, I am so curious about that. One of the things that's, I'm, I'd be interested to hear, and I'm sure she has stats on that because she's a very organized person, uh, Gretchen Rubin. But um, it's, yeah, the nice thing about it is that it's so presented so matter-of-factly and it's not it's one of the only quizzes too that's not like well if in order to become an obliger do this and this and this it's like no you just are what you are right so don't worry about it yeah and I really like responded to that about Mm -hmm. it it's like it doesn't have any shame connected to it but I like what you're talking about I think about this a lot too when like let's as an example talk about like I don't know if this happens to you but when I'm in line places people who don't respect personal bubbles are always dudes always standing too close to me in line at Gelson's. And I'm like, why? Why are you so close to yeah. me? Um, and part of this like wave of feminism that we're in or that we're trying to figure out is I'm like, is the solution that we all just get more aggressive in lines or is it, or should guys meet us where we're at? Mm-hmm. Like, And that's just a, an example for a broader trend. But I do find myself being like, I don't want, I don't want to lean in. I don't want to be less polite or be more aggressive or or, necess- or p- apply for things I'm not qualified for. I don't know. I mean, yeah. like, there's some merit to that. But I'm also like, can dudes stop applying for jobs they're not qualified for? Yeah. <laughs> you know what's great. funny? Let me tell you this. Because this is because I have the same experience and it's almost always at Gilson's. So it's very <laughs> funny that it's that. I was like thinking through other places I go grocery shopping. And I'm like, it's weird. Something about the layout of Gelson's like creates a situation where you kind of just mush in, but there's no room to mush in. Yeah. But actually, my experience is, the second you talked about no personal space, I did not go to men at all. Ooh. I went to, like, old ladies. <laughs> I always That's feel real. like I'm like, hey, and then I turn to, like, reach to my <laughs> thing, and there's, like, a tiny old woman just right there that I'm like, I almost elbowed you in the face. Oh like, oh, no, what are you doing here? We're not shopping together. <laughs> so I don't even feel like it happens with men. I feel oh like it happens God. with the old ladies. That's amazing everyone needs the memo <laughs> what if too? i was like i need you to respect my personal space please don't harass me like this i would love that uh, <laughs> like i need to set up a boundary uh, with you <laughs> uh, 
Oh my God. Or maybe that's what I happen to notice. Like that's maybe I'm so accustomed to it happening, you know, with people I do expect that I don't even notice it anymore, but I do notice it when it's not what I expect, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) I don't, I love that. Just like a little old woman disappearing. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, I want to come back to you and you're having to move um, with your glasses and your braces and your boobs. Um, And that's when you moved to San Jose. Yes. And so what, what was all the shuffling around happening for jobs? Job, dad's job he was like rising through the ranks he was an accountant that rose through the ranks of um of one company mm. national semiconductor mm-hmm. and then we were um in texas for my elementary school and then yeah moved to silicon valley when the boom was happening and mm-hmm. he worked for um nano chip companies or whatever but he was a cfo um and yeah and he was really committed to he was really ambitious, which is like, I'm very, very like my dad in a lot of ways. And that's another one. He was very ambitious. So he was like, we're the only family that moved. All the rest of my extended family is hmm. all still in Washington state. Right. But he was like, no, we got to go. We- Let me ask you this. And I, and, and I apologize if this is a delicate question, but so the difference, I wonder, because mm-hmm. I, I don't experience it, but I wonder what the difference between moving, chasing a job that doesn't pay well mm. or, or being in the military or something like that where there's this kind of great equalizer for the most part where not only are you moving, but you also are poor Mm. and you also, you know what I mean? Like you don't have as many choices. I wonder how was it coming in to an environment because your dad was doing better and he was making more money. So you would ostensibly perhaps move to like a nice enough neighborhood, a nice enough house, Mm -hmm. come into a school where maybe you, your family has about the same money that, that other families do. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously I don't expect you to know this, but like, I guess I'm just saying, I wonder, I wonder if that's easier, harder, the same. Yeah. I think it's, that's a really, really interesting point because it isn't like, I think it's like two different narratives, right? Like if, if we moved around a bunch because my dad was a reporter and he was just really passionate and we were moving around but didn't have a ton of means that would but he was chasing his dream mm. that would be such a different family dynamic to the one that we did have which was we're moving because dad is supporting us and for his job you know to we need to do this and it, and it did mean a bigger house and it did mean you know when i was 16 i got a car and stuff like that yeah. like i was very privileged going up um but what it has ended up being looking back is like, yeah, my mom would have done a lot in her life if she had maybe been able to stay in one place. Mm -hmm. But since we moved around a bunch and there were no, no family members there to help her, Mm -hmm. none of the infrastructure you have when you stick around friends and family, she really had to sacrifice a ton and had to do it because it was like, well, we're all, we're all grinning and bearing it to do this tough thing because of dad's job. Right. And so the older I get, the more I really appreciate how difficult that must have been for her. Yeah. And like, and, and then it makes me like, you know, I don't know if this is rebel or whatever it is, but I bristle so hard at anything that would approach being asked to be, um, I don't want to like take a back seat to be my, to, to be my support. Yeah. Like behind the scenes or whatever it's it makes me really like especially I was married to a guy in the military who was he was great we weren't we weren't right for each other but for a minute I was gonna basically replicate and that was that's exactly where I was going I was gonna say what prompted the move to DC yeah were you were you together on the idea was it you were sort of and then you weren't following him because that makes it sound like someone's like get out of my life and you're like wait (laughs) hold on my belt is 
stuck in your door of the car. Please let me in. It's like you were there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he, uh, he got into med school. And it just so happened that, you know, I was in love with him and also that I wanted to be a reporter. Mm. So I was like, okay, D.C., great. Sure. Um, and we actually moved there the year that Obama became president. We went to the wow. inauguration. It was oh, a really what a climate. Uh, what a climate. Super fun to be in D.C. then. Um, so it was exciting and I was happy to do it. But then, you know, at six years in D.C., I was like, man, I'm really ready to get out of here. And then we just fell apart. And I was like, OK, we're I'm I'm taking this leap right. um, all the way across <laughs> across the country. And it was yeah. really it was exciting. But now, I mean, I've been basically single for like five years. And a lot of my hesitance to be in a relationship is like, could, can I trust myself to stay this committed mm-hmm. to not falling into a gender role? Like I wanted to take enough time to myself to make sure that I was like solid in what I was doing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so do you still feel, you sort of still feel like you're kind of have a wariness about that? I have. I feel like you're probably in the clear. I Thank you. With the right person. With that. the right person, if that's, that's what you want. I think you know, what, but. what I really, what I intellectually feel is that anybody who fell in love with me now would never <laughs> expect that. You know what I mean? Like, they Yeah, they would be like, would, I fell in love with a woman who would not say like, what would you like to do? I'm behind yeah. you and I'll stop doing whatever I'm doing to make I'm, that happen. Like, no one's getting me a bread machine for Christmas. Right. Like, it's just not <laughs> happening. So so I intellectually, I totally get that. But the little kid inside me that saw my mom be like frustrated at having to cook dinner and all that stuff mm. is still very like, ugh. Not for you to tell her story, but what did she, what do you, what did she love? What was, was there a thing that she kind of felt or did she not even get a chance to kind of figure that out? Well, she's really like, and luckily now I will say she is pursuing a ton of amazing stuff and traveling. Well, so you've lost your dad when. Yeah. Um, she was, uh, not even, he was 50 when he passed mm-hmm. away. So she was quite young and then moved on and got a job and really remade her life in a very, in very, to her liking to, to her amazing credit. Right. Yeah. She really bounced back and is like, you know, one of my best friends and it is amazing. And she, but she then and now is like an artist. She loves cross-stitching. She loves painting. She loves all that stuff. She loves to travel. Um, she's a really curious person. She loves Pilates, like golfing so she's doing a ton of stuff now and it's really kind of healing I think for me to like for me to have gotten divorced and for her to be creating this new life where she is just Julie and only Julie is super super cool it's kind of a fun phase for us together anything like that um I I I hold on so tightly not because I hate everything else associated with aging I don't but but I do find that I get so much out of people older than me who are discovering new things and who stay enthusiastic about stuff because it does. It's just such a reminder that you can find out that you're this kind of person or this kind of person you could develop into this thing that there's no, no one setting that boundary except you. Yes. And it doesn't always feel like that. So it's nice to, to, to really see somebody flourish. Yeah. You know? I don't know if this happened to you. Do you, do you went to college? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When, when you were in college, every once in a while there was a person who was like, 50 in a class. I'll tell you what, I went to SF State, which is a commuter school. Yeah. So I would always have people in my class that were like, and you're, and now that we say this, they were almost always, if they were older, they were women. Yeah. There weren't a lot of like, oh, he's 50 and he's da da da. But there were definitely some like very cool, yeah. excited, like badass women who Curious, were like, yeah. Interested. Yeah. Like getting, like telling stories in class that we were all 20 years old being like, what? Yeah. You know, it was like so cool. Well, I think too, it's like if you're, if you're paying attention, even as a young person, there's only so much 
stuff that you can process that people are telling you you'll later experience. I mean, mm. you can't, it's hard because yeah. as you age, you want to be able to say like, just remember. Yes. And I bump up against that all the time on this podcast because I, I, I ha- I'm still so in touch with that person in me who was like, I remember being told this. There was only so deep it could sink. Yeah. It's just not how... You hope that it just gets in there and then it kind of comes back up when it is you. And you're like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I've been waiting for this on some level. Yeah. But to have somebody like that in a classroom, I think, is kind of a nice, like, talisman almost to remind you that what you're doing is interesting and is important and someone's actively seeking this knowledge rather than how we feel sometimes when we're in school when we're young, which is like, here I go, like toeing the line, you know, this is part of my, like the, the, my credits that I have to get for this to the general, you know, not even my, you know, whatever my major is. And so I, I like that. I like the idea of somebody who's like, oh girl, I'm here. Like I'm paying money out of my pocket because I'm fascinated in geology. Yeah. You know? It's, oh yeah. I, I think that's so I think that's so it's so interesting I think about that a lot now too about the because also we are now like entering like I'm like oh I'm I'm gonna turn 35 in June like I am now old enough to be like I have things to say I could give advice to people you know I've lived long enough to have some idea of what's going on and I do especially writing for young adults as I do like patronizing is not going to get you anywhere and that's going to make them do the opposite and all that stuff as they should, you know, um, they should rebel and not listen to older people. But at the same time, you want to be like, I just want to plant a seed. Like you're not going to feel this way forever or you're, you know what I mean? Just be open to how much you're going to change. Life is long, like all that stuff. I'm like, how can I talk about this in a way that's just about not being so, at least when I look back to me being younger, I was so much more extreme about things. And I, we, we're seeing this now, right? Like yeah. young, young people, young men are the, are the extremists. They are the ones who don't see an alternative, who ha- can't see how long life is or right. the possibilities for them. And I'm like, what is the right message to convey that? Cause you just, it's just so hard to grasp. Yeah. I know if, I mean, listen, we got to get into this mash game soon. So I, I have a habit of bringing up really like intense topics that I'm then <laughs> like, anyway, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but now I have to say it because it's something I think about and have been thinking about, which is like, especially now, again, having come to some point where it, 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 as a concept, it's not new to me. Of mm-hmm. course, I understood it conceptually. I thought I understood it like in my core, but somehow my understanding of like, oh my God, like we send young principally, but young men and women, mm-hmm. we send them away at an age where it doesn't, mortality does not mean the same thing and it's so wrong yeah yeah it's taking advantage of a person who is not you are not connected to what that means in any kind of way now if you lose someone yeah you were connected to understanding mortality at 23 yeah. in a way that the vast majority of Americans are not. Right. You know, so that's, there are always going to be those exceptions. Right. But by and large, for those people who just like their grandparents, they lost their grandparents and that's about it. Right. It does not seem real on any level. And so not just going and getting killed, which is one thing, but like the idea that you're going to be able to process post-traumatic stress. When what you... a mind fuck. Yeah. When they're not, you know, we know that brains are not done developing until you're 25. Like, all these things are... I mean, we're fucking with chemistry that it's not fair. Yeah. Anyway, that's just like... I 
for some reason <laughs> in the last couple of years, like, of course I was always a person who was, you know, a peacenik or whatever. Like, right, you know, right. my parents are that way. And, you know, I, so my dad, I mean, my dad was like, he didn't get drafted because he was already studying to become a teacher and they needed more teachers than soldiers, right. you know, uh, during the Vietnam war, uh, at least when he was growing up and, and in college and stuff. But he was like, I had my friend in Canada where I was going to move. Like he, he was not going yeah. to fight. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I thought I understood it. And then for some reason, when my own understanding of my mortality shifted, mm-hmm. I became so much more empathetic and like deeply sad it's about like, that. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and it's interesting because I have this, because I was married to a guy in the air force. And so I was technically in the air force, which mm-hmm. is fasc- yeah. fascinating. Like a I weird thing to be like, yeah, I guess I could check that box. But yeah, like I was a dependent, but I was in the air force, but, but it did give me this, this, like, you know, it does become really real to you how, like I have really complicated feelings about the military because I met amazing people there sure. and they're like, and they're, you know, I was a reporter and all this stuff. So when you're, I think we can all relate to having like, like strong beliefs, you yeah. know, and that's just like a, for a lot of them, a way to express how they feel about honor and duty. And, yeah. but I couldn't agree with you more of just like, we just can't. We also can't ask kids to declare a major at 18 years old. I'm like, what you know what you want to do with the rest of your life? LOL. Like, we don't know anything. Yeah. So we, I think we put too much on, on kids in general. Yeah. Um, Not that I know what the answer to any of this is. I absolutely don't. So if someone's coming for a solution, (laughs) unfortunately, I'm definitely not ready to give one. Yeah, go over to This American Life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let them handle that. I'll bring it up and I'll make a lot of noise about it and then I'll trail off and play mash. off to you. (laughs) Awful. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. You never know who you'll run into in Fairhaven, the city under the bubble. Allison Becker. Eliza Skinner. Keith Powell. Mucus-drenched imp monsters. Rob Corddry. Christelle Alonzo. Judy Greer. Grotesquely possessive carnivorous plants. Justin McElroy. Travis McElroy. Griffin McElroy. Terrifying, malevolent, sentient beards. John Hodgman. Paul F. Tompkins. Lisa Loeb. Bubble, the sci-fi comedy from MaximumFun.org. Just open your podcast app and search for Bubble. So we'll use this MASH game as a way to kind of dip back into uh, stuff that you loved when you were younger. Um, When you were having these transitional periods where you kind of didn't have those friendships that you could hold on to because you were moving to this new place, Mm -hmm. were there things, were there books, were there, was it movies for you? Was it all of the above that you kind of leaned into music to feel understood or feel like you had like a companion in a sense? Oh man, it was, it was definitely books. Like I've Mm -hmm. always been obsessed with books and also, um, and again, my mom was a huge reader so we had a, a big connection with reading all the same stuff but um you saying that just remind like music was definitely especially for the move in when I was 12 yeah just memories of laying on the floor in my new bedroom staring at the ceiling listening to Bjork with these massive headphones <sighs> and just like for hours just like staring at my Leonardo DiCaprio poster and being like he's, <laughs> he's never gonna know who I am it was oh like gosh, so totally. vivid in my head totally <laughs> Okay, this is perfect. Okay, so give me three musicians that um, even now, Mm. uh, they can be people you love that you didn't know about then, um, but three musicians that can... 
compose a soundtrack for your life. Ooh, okay. I really like that. Well, I have to say Radiohead, which has been my favorite um, band since I was 13. Great. Um, they, we, oh man, they, they do soundtracks too and they're melancholy mm-hmm. AF, but I love it. <laughs> love it. Um, I'll say, oh, I'll say Sophie and Stevens. Oh, sure. He also does, maybe he could get back into more Chicago vibes. Yeah. <laughs> for That's it. a great album. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. Um, and, oh, you know, I really got into recently Lord Huron. Oh, sure. I love that. Yeah, they're great. They're great. They're really great. They have a, they really put me in the mood. They're great writing music. Couldn't agree more. I'm totally going to actually listen to it because that's a band where it's not like so part of my, the conversations in my own head about yeah. what music I listen to that I'll forget about them for a minute. Yeah. And then I'll hear a song somewhere else and be like, what? what? wrong with me like yeah. I'm mad at myself like why haven't you been listening to Lord Huron they're great they're so great I know I just I just had that moment perfect good okay next one uh on the same uh track three books that you can escape into and just be with those characters whenever you want Ugh. um okay there's so many good ones I mean I'll start with Lord of the Rings great even though they're not it's not the most soothing world to be in but yeah I know but when you get those emotional connections with the characters and I'll, I'm a huge fan of really big books so mm-hmm. I would I'm talking the one where it's like they're all in the same yeah. and you can just, you're like <laughs> I could ostensibly never stop reading this book yeah um and let's see to escape I very rarely reread books which is interesting so I I rarely have the impulse to, but I'll say Harry Potter yeah I mean I mean yeah come on. again world building yeah it's it's an extraordinary gift it is and it was very sweet you know and the books just kind of get smarter or and they feel more prescient. Yeah, she was really on to tapped something. in. Yeah. Um. Gosh, <laughs> what if I was like the Bible? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would accept it. I would totally accept it. Uh, um, I'm trying to think about a book that's like I'm like, can I give myself a a, a nicer time? <laughs> Maybe Anne of Green Gables. Let's yeah. go to. Uh, no one at the, on this couch is going to have a problem with that. Yeah, Prince Edward Island. Is that yeah. where they were? Yes. I, mean, I still have never been. Oh, I want to go. Yeah. I mean, listen, I've. <laughs> Talk about why have I not made that happen yet? That's just silly. Maybe it's because I kind of am like I want to save it. Like maybe I'll just know when I'm when I when it's like no, I'm I'm going this year. It's time for the and trip. Yeah, that would be a very because otherwise maybe I like having it to look forward to. And also I think there's the in my dreams. It's like how you can dream about having a house in the middle of nowhere in Hawaii, and then you at least for me, I know I'd get there and be like, well, this was fun. Five minutes later, and be like, well, okay, I'm bored now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be like, oh. It's almost like don't meet your heroes. It's like, mm, maybe I do just need this to be preserved as like a fantasy. Yeah. I think that totally makes sense. Yeah. Oh, maybe I should I'll have said a Stephen go. King book, huh? <laughs> nope. No, no. Not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. Okay. Uh, let's do three. Um, well, we'll do three places in the world, in the real world of ours that you would like to have a, a getaway home, whatever that means to you. Oh, my God. Okay. What a great um, thing to even imagine. Uh, New Zealand. Great. Um. Uh, any particular North or South Island? I was going to say definitely somewhere in the South Island. Um, I have, I have a lake in mind. Oh, uh, okay. And I don't remember now the name of the lake, but it's South in the South Island. Yeah. Oh my God. Best That's place spectacular. in the world. Spectacular. Yeah. Spectacular place. Yeah, yeah. That's why you told me. Although I have not gone South. I have not been on the South end of the South Island. Okay. I've only been on the sort of the Northern or, or Northern half yeah. of the South. And then I've been all over the North yeah. and we're the, all over the beautiful, beautiful North Island where everyone apologizes that it's not the South Island. Is that I'm funny? Sorry, it's so ugly. You're like, what are you? What? 
you're standing I'm standing behind a roaring waterfall and you're ap- apologizing for it being <laughs> ugly this is extraordinary They're what's like, happening everything about New Zealand is just like warms my heart so it's much They're wonderful it's and wonderful <laughs> I know I um, call them hill maggots now listen hear me out I have no issue with sheep I love them so much it just when you're when you see them all the time and you're driving and they're so far away that all you see is like a massive wiggling dots on a hillside I'm like listen I mean this in a positive jokey way they do look a little bit like maggots so I'm gonna call them hill maggots you know I love sheep you're not wrong <laughs> you're not wrong okay I have to tell you one of one of my greatest regrets in life I went to New Zealand and did for my honeymoon so my then husband and I were in one of the camper vans tooling around having Great. like the best time and we were driving on one long stretch of road and you know you get into the zone you're just listening to music you're kind of just like in space and out and we both looked at each other and we were we like we were like did you just see a, a single black sheep on top of a circular hay bale oh. somehow on top had climbed up and gotten yeah. on top of us and we were like yeah you saw that too yeah and we were both like oh my god and then we didn't mm. stop and go back and take a picture of yeah. it yeah and i'm like yeah to this day so sad <laughs> it's such a, so a wonderfully simple regret <laughs> Like, just stop and smell the roses, kids. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Which I, by the way, take very literally. I fully walk past any rose. I'm like, give me some smell. Because so many of them don't have smells anymore. It's true. And in LA, though, I think we're lucky. Sometimes I just find myself on Instagram taking pictures of flowers. Yeah. It smells like flowers in LA. No, you're right. Especially like dusk in the summer when the jasmine's out. Oh, That's a real, Brandon and I call that the get a room smell because it's so sexy. It's true. It's sexy flower. Like, hey, everybody. You're like, get a room, Jasmine. What is happening? White wine all of a sudden. (laughs) Spritz me. Spritz me. Uh, Okay, great. So New Zealand, I really derailed us. Sorry. New Um, Zealand, two more. I'll do Paris. Great. Um, Gosh, this is a tough one. I'm really taking this too seriously, but... There's no such thing. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. And there's editing. Julian can cut out any pause that he feels is too prolonged. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm acting like there's anything hanging on this, but but I'll say maybe um, I'd love to have a, a... getaway on like the Orcas Islands. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's my dad's favorite place in the oh world. Oh my gosh. Love Orcas Islands. The okay. best. Uh, okay, next category is let's do three uh, skills that are, um, it's something that's kind of intimidating and or scary to you okay. that you could wake up with tomorrow and you're just an expert and you feel fearless about. Wow. Okay, that's specific and I like it. I don't know why this came to mind first, but I feel like... I love the speaking from the gut. Being able to read, like, really ancient texts. Ooh. Um, Like, Cyrillic, or is that one of them that I was just reading? I was watching this amazing documentary called Ancient Skies. Um, It's kind of like... Uh, yeah, it's just about humans' relationship with the stars and what what we've in navigation and astrology and astronomy and all that. It's fascinating. But, you know, there was some guy reading, like, Cyrillic. And I was like, he's got to be one of five people on earth yeah. that can read these absolutely tiny little scratches yeah. and be like, this is what it means. Yeah. And that would be very cool. I know the concept of being able to understand something at its most re- like concentrated and mm-hmm. refined rather than it having to be interpreted through someone else's mind, through yeah. the, all these like years of culture and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I totally get that. Translators are, are superheroes. Yeah. That's really. Yeah. Um, another skill that isn't like it's like intimidating to me yeah i want to like download i don't know why i'm why i had to make it something that you're intimidated by it really should it doesn't necessarily have to be i like that it's lol it's kind of magic but 
I'm not, I don't want to engage. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, like fire dancing Ooh, would be pretty darn cool. I go to Burning Man and a lot of people do it. Um, and it is very intimidating, but it also seems like if you could really do that well, you'd yeah. just be living. Yeah. Be I fun. feel like I'm so clumsy. Like what would I have to overcome about my basic clumsiness to I be know. able to do that? I know. I'm like, I, I was not a dancer. I was a sports person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like a, a There's a little more, more margin for error. With, you, like, you're exact... supposed to crash into people. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, okay. Give me one more, whatever that means to you. Um, I would like to, well, I really love to be, to, I'd really love to know how to build stuff. I'm trying to think about what particular kind of thing I'd really want to be able to build. I mean, like welding, like things like that are just so cool to me. Yeah. I feel like I could have gone for harder skills. I don't um, think I think these is... are great. These are great. Also, this is your mash game, so you're no, you you satisfy every part of whatever works for you. Uh, okay, next category. Let's get the romance out there. It's a mash game. Uh, I don't care. Characters from books, movies, uh, celebrities, hist- people from history, cartoons, animals. It's all o- up for grabs. Amazing. Three. Three. Okay. That is not hard at all. Jeez. Great. <laughs> um, let's see. Who have I been crushing on lately? Oh, God. You know, um, Poe DeMarin, Oscar Isaac. In oh, yeah. The new Star Wars. I find him to be just, I think Oscar Isaac is, um, you know, some actors are so talented at being charming and making it seem like literally everyone around them is in love with them. Yeah. I want, he and BB eight, we're going to make out to yeah. me. It's like <laughs> literally everyone you make eye contact is like swooning. Yeah. Um, so Beautiful. Of, of all the characters, I'll just go with that one. Cause he's very Great. roguish and handsome. Perfect. Um, and then I'm trying to think if there's somebody from, I, I often read young adult books, so yeah. I can't really like I necessarily mean, throw out a teenage boy right. for this category. But this isn't in like a timeless, ageless sort of era in okay. a way that. Okay. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? There was, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this author, Naomi Novik. She is so brilliant and she wrote a book called, um, one of her books is Spinning Silver, but the one I'm talking about is Un... Uh, woof, I can't think of I'm it. writing down her name. Uprooted, uprooted. Okay. And in that book, there's like a wizard who is like lives up in a tower, and I just thought was very sexy. So I'll go for a, a roguish wizard. Roguish wizard, fantastic. Um, and oh, and then Seth Cohen from the OC. Great, great, great. Ruler of my great, great, life. great. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> uh, okay, next one. Let's do. I'm trying to think of categories that I've not ever invented before, Um, but that really puts a lot of pressure on myself. (laughs) What about like, okay, this is totally weird. And I don't know why I'm, again, this for me now, now it's a mash game for me too, where I'm like, I I don't know why I thought of this, but like, what about three retreats Mm -hmm. that you don't know of existing? Like, and you could, you could place them at a certain place. Like, yes, I would want to do this in Ojai or it could just be like wherever. Mm -hmm. But what, what about a weekend that's devoted to something Mm -hmm. that you heretofore don't know of as existing or just you yourself haven't had a chance to do? Okay. Like I would love like a kayaking retreat. I've only kayaked twice. 
interesting. But the idea of being like, because it's always the thing I think I'm going to do when I vacation somewhere and I never get around to it. Mm-hmm. It's like, or we could kayak. I'm like, that sounds great. Well, I do want to get something to eat first. And the next thing you know, like I've left. So I would like something like that where I'm like, I never quite get there. Yeah. But if I knew that's all I was there to do, then like that, I would then do you'd it. you'd go to town. Yeah. Um, that's so funny because I just harangued a family member for buying a kayak. I was like, <laughs> who kayak? I mean, I don't see myself buying a kayak anytime soon. I'll be honest with you. I'd be like, I'm going to go buy one. First, I need to get something to eat. And then I, then I would just never buy it. Yes. Oh yeah. my God. I love that. Um, wow. This is a really interesting, I love this prompt. Well, I, I'll start with one that exists, but that I haven't done yet, yeah. which is, um, a silent retreat. Yeah. I, I'd love, I'd love to do that. I'm a chatterbox. I always have been. And, um, having a silent period of time would be, I think, pretty revealing. Yeah. And that's great. I mean, where would it be fun to be silent on a mountaintop somewhere? Yeah. Probably, probably in New Zealand. Why not that? Great. Um, yeah, silent retreat on the mountaintop of New Zealand. That sounds great. I'm about to say one of the most Los Angeles things I've ever said, which is that my acupuncturist is at a silent retreat right now. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> uh, you know who I heard about silent retreats from? My improv coach. So oh, fantastic. Don't worry Everything about it. Everything holds up. Everything is holding up fast <laughs> and true in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Another one. I would, let's see. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know if this exists, but I'd like to go on like a reenactment retreat. Oh my God. Amazing. Reenacting what? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe you go to Versailles and we're all reenacting. <gasps> the That's guillotine. wonderful. Something like this. Then we do eat cake. Something yeah. that's crazy like that. Oh, that's great. That's great. Super fun. The opulence without actually having to go back in time and like yeah. watch someone be beheaded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, it, I, I am somewhat charmed by all these reenactments that happen in America. It feels very American. I'm sure they do it in other places too but it's just something like i love history and so just getting to kind of play act with that would be super fun yeah um and then let's see hmm. How, okay we're just going off the top of the love head here uh, uh let's go to a, a watch making retreat in denmark oh please i'm in <laughs> i, I am in anything where like you're around other people that are passionate about a thing that even you yourself are not. I feel like you and I are both curious people. So I can very easily, like I said this before, and this is like not a thing I'm proud of, but I, (laughs) I had this like moment of like, getting the hair on my neck raising when I was watching this documentary on HBO about Reagan years ago, because they said like, he just had, they they were like, he, you know, he's very charismatic. He was really a people person. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is that he would go into a meet with a group of people that had a very strong opinion about something. And they would, he would walk out like convinced because he took on their, their, he understood and like empathized, which I grew up like with grandparents who loved Reagan and with parents who were like, he's the devil. So Mm -hmm. It was such a weird moment to be like, oh, I identify with that so deeply. Like, I'm not saying I would sit down in a room with like Nazi sympathizers and be like, listen, this is. But when someone is engaging and passionate about something and it doesn't even have to be anything I know anything about, I'm like, this is my new favorite thing also. Yep. At least for this moment. important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Watch me in Denmark. Great. Uh, Love like it. The, that West Wing episode, Wheel of Cheese, when the people are like ha- like pitching their wacko, like yes. objectively wacko ideas. But I'm like, I do want a highway oh, for wolves. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, that Wheel of Cheese episode. Mm. It's a classic. Gorgeous. Okay, uh, next up, next episode. Next, uh, the next episode of the Smash game is uh, three foods mm. as simple as, you know, the one thing you had this one time that you've never been able to find again or Ooh. a category that in this reality, not it's not going to be bad for you even if it is. It's not going to be bad for the environment even if in this world mm. it is, etc. Okay, I love that. Zero ramifications to your body, health, the way you feel. Okay, amazing. The, number one, ramen with, a, with a bullet. Wish mm-hmm. I could eat it literally every day. Yeah. I do eat it about, at this point, twice a week, and I'm feeling that. Uh-huh. Not great. <laughs> I, need to, I need to hold back on that. Um, then I will say, I'll say uh, uh, amazing French cheese boards. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Just the big, massive ones you mm-hmm. see on Instagram. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, great. Uh, and then, um, and then... Oh, well, oh my gosh. This is so dorky. It keeps uh, beef stroganoff. Great. I love beef stroganoff. Well, German I mean, Bavarian of, food. You know, it's a creamy, noodly thing. It's just, so it's it fits. Food. I think it definitely fits within this <laughs> this theme that we're going with. Okay, great. Um, and then final category for you. Mm-mm. What about like a, a, a three people? They can be fictitious, they can be characters, they can be authors, they can be from any time in history, um, wide open, three people that you would love to have as a friend. Like, Ooh. they would always be, like, psyched to see you and you would have adventures together. Ugh, oh my gosh, what a great question. Hmm. Well, let's see. I, I mean, it's if- so wide open, it's almost too wide open. I'm like, anyone <laughs> from any time, real or imagined... <laughs> Being your BFF. no pressure, um, and a lot of people that we know from history, we know because they were like not great. You know what I mean? Like, so part of me is like, well, if Amelia Earhart had lived, she'd probably be rad, right, and rad to hang out with. But she also seemed to be pretty obsessed. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean a bad fair. thing, but fair. Um, let's see. But that's why I could also be a fictional character, so you don't have to like carry the weight of like. That's true of history, but fictional. To be honest, fictional characters are almost harder for me because mm. I don't. Um, I think part of and I. Well, really, you're a writer, so part of it is like the mechanics say, of creating. And I'm curious if you feel this way for acting. Hundred percent. Like the fictional character has lost a lot of verve to me because yeah. I'm only looking at it like, oh, how can I make a character this well drawn or whatever? Yeah. But I still do I get definitely that. with movies, I'm like, acting is something I could never do. So I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, but so I'll say like, how about, what's a good Tom Hanks character I want to hang out with? The guy from oh, the Dan great. Brown thing. Let's great. hang out with great, great, Dr. Great. What's his, Dr. Yeah. Dan Brown. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Definitely putting Dr. Dan Brown. Ooh, and that reminds me also of... Uh, <laughs> okay have you seen jumanji the new jumanji with the rock yes i either saw some oh you know what yeah i i, I did see it i yeah. couldn't for a second i was like did i complete that movie but yes i did yeah <laughs> the part where and spoiler alert i'm so sorry audience mm-hmm. the part where nick jonas shows up and then his superpower is making margaritas yeah <laughs> i'm like that i want to hang out with that guy in the jungle having margaritas that's ah. it I love that you're concerned about the spoiler levels of Jumanji. <laughs> of the Story Nick Jonas storyline in Jumanji. I just want everyone to not be mad ah, at me. Appreciated. Appreciated. <laughs> amazing. Turning into really like the funniest. How about what's like, um, oh, uh, Princess Zelda. Great. From the game. Great. Zelda. She probably has some stories. Great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to do my little squiggle. So tell me when to stop. Okay. 
I hate when people tell you to stop too soon. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let you go for a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay, stop. Okay, great. I'm going to pause this to the listener. It will seem as if no time has passed. <laughs> and then I will come back with your 100% guaranteed mash future. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Uh, all right. I feel very good about this. Uh, even though Uh-oh. you did get a shack, but bear with me on this. It's somewhere in the Orcas Islands. Now, what are you going to do? Live in some ostentatious mansion? Absolutely not. Like, it's about where you are when you're there. It's not about, like, staying in... You know what I mean? It's like a cabin. Totally. I feel that it should be called Mac. M-A-C-H. Because I feel that a shack is a cabin. (laughs) I think that's true. I'm sure that it's right on a bluff overlooking the ocean. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, All right. Uh, And it has the littlest footprint on the environment to boot. So everyone thanks you. Uh, Okay. Next thing I want you to know, uh, from your beautiful uh, view of the water in your cabin on Orcas Island... Uh, you are indulging uh, in just the most delicious cheese board. It's just, it's like, how did this get here? What a dream. Snap of your fingers. It appeared magically. Ugh. It's probably something that is so wonderful that when you start to go a little crazy on your silent mountain retreat in New Zealand, <laughs> you'll start like having like almost like the pink elephants on parade visions. You're going to be like, Oh, I remember. And like somehow on your vision, the cheese will become talking characters. You'll be like, at a certain point I was talking to cheese. I love this. Yeah, you know, you cause it's here, like, all I'm part of the process of getting in touch with that. And I think no one is going to capture those, like the whole sort of magical, journey that you're going to be going on uh with this adventure and and the silent retreat and all of that stuff uh who better to pin all of that down and capture it in music than radiohead i mean if anybody can take care of that it's going to be them it's going to be like very appropriate very (laughs) specific and deep and haunting (laughs) and you're going to be like i don't know how they did it but they've absolutely captured it um i do want to congratulate you because it's come to my attention that you actually built the house that you have on Orcas Island. Amazing. Uh, because you were a wonderful builder. So there you were like putting the entire thing together. You're welding. That's why it's a shack. The piece. <laughs> I, I got one room and I was like, we're good. <laughs> I don't need to go too crazy, that guys. That's very right. You know why? Because you, not only can you escape to this sort of humble place where it's all about the nature that you're in, but you can also uh, dissolve into the world of Harry Potter whenever you want to. Amazing. Which there is magic and castles and wizardry. So that's where the real opulence lives. Love it. Uh, if you don't mind my saying so. That's how <laughs> I see it. Uh, that's the kind of place that you're going to want to have a friend that you can really have adventures with, who can take care of themselves, who uh, it can handle uh, your independence. Um, so to have for this buddy uh, the Tom Hanks version of Dan Brown... <laughs> That just feels right. God, I love He's going to respect the culture of Harry Potter. Oh, he's going to talk gonna, to me about history. You probably solve some mysteries together. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely not going to be a situation where he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but you also are very independent. So you're not going to be like, where are we going next? <laughs> it's a real, this is a good equal friendship of equals. I'm loving this. Um, the only thing I'm worried about, to be honest with you, is that he is adorable and charming. And I'm concerned that he's going to try to take you away mm. from Oscar Isaac. 
Oh my God, what a dream. So I hope all of that works out. Wow, a couple of charm factories. It's a good problem to have. Competing for my heart, not uh, a problem. Yeah, good, good problem to have. Was that a, was that a good story? Oh my God, I, I weave loved it? that. Okay, good. That was, um, you really took me there. Uh, uh, Sarah, <laughs> as we knew this would be, let's be honest with ourselves, this yep. was a wonderful delight. So I'm fun. so excited that I'll be seeing you to do your show. Yes, everyone, um, check out First Draft with Sarah. Any Janet's going to be on there. Yeah, it's check so out fun. First Draft with Sarah in case you missed that do yourself a favor uh are you on the social medias where I'm people everywhere. can track you down all I'm that kind of good stuff okay and <laughs> um, it's just your is it just your name it's sarah any on twitter and instagram are, are my things i'm Great. i'm sort of anti-facebook at right now as i think we all should be so don't look I for me there don't have a problem well and also doesn't facebook own instagram so that's where i'm it's a slippery it's feeling like a kind of a dark territory right now let's hope that this ant i'm like antitrust <laughs> break them up yeah but but there's a lot going on. There's a lot. There's just a lot going on in any given now day. Now I'm doing a thing. I'm like, let's talk about antitrust and then drop it. Like, yeah. Oh <laughs> um, but then also people can check out First Draft with Sarah Any, where I talk to writers every week. Wonderful. Um, and that's online everywhere too at First Draft Pod. Beautiful. Uh, folks, thanks for listening. You know I'm going to talk to you next time on the podcast. <laughs> The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.